Welcome to episode 83 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, author of What, When, Why, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine. And I'm here with my co-host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay, Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and jinstevens.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice or treatment. So, pour yourself a cup of black coffee, a mug of tea, or even a glass of wine, (laughs) if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Hi friends. So I'm sort of haunted by clothes. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably know that I love wearing all the new clothes all the time. And I know that that is not really sustainable and not good for the planet. That's why I am thrilled that there is now a way to get all of the clothes with none of the waste. And I'm going to tell you how you can get unlimited clothes with no waste for a month for free. That's right, I now have a website for both myself and you guys where you can get free unlimited clothes with free shipping, free exchanges, nonstop from all of the hottest brands, and it is so incredibly easy. It's called MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. We have so many incredible brands, including my favorites like BCBG, Calvin Klein, and so many more. Think like a hundred brands. There are so many options. And the way it works is when you get a subscription, you search through the clothes, pick what you want. They send it to you with fast, easy shipping. You wear it as long as you want. And then when you're ready for more clothes, you just drop it off in their prepackaged envelope and get your next round. It is so incredibly cool. They have multiple plans. The starter plan gives you two pieces at a time. Friends, I actually have a little secret hacked. Don't tell them that I told you this. When you get your two pieces, you can actually immediately go into your account, click return, and they'll go ahead and send you the next two pieces. So technically you can have four pieces at a time. You also have a cool virtual closet that you can keep stocked with everything you eventually want to order so you never miss out. And if you really like something and want to keep it, you can opt to buy it at a massively discounted price. Friends, I'm obsessed. This is finally the answer to wearing all the clothes all the time with none of the waste. Oh, and of course, one of my major reservations was the cleaning compounds that they use on the clothes because yes, it is dry cleaning, which normally makes me nervous. And they don't say this on the website. So I reached out to them and I was like, hey, what's going on with the cleaning? What do you guys use? Because I can't promote this if it's just normal dry cleaning. And thankfully, they let me know that they do not use any detergents, fabric softeners, or chemicals that are harsh. Everything is professionally dry cleaned or laundered with detergents that are free from dyes and scents. It's all gentle and it uses low temperature cycles. So yes, we are good on that front as well. It is the coolest thing ever. And you can try it free for a month. Yes, completely free. Just go to MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com to sign up. Free clothes for a month. After that, their plans are super affordable. We're talking honestly, an entire month is less than the cost of typically what would be the cost of one dress. And I am not kidding. That's right. Unlimited clothes for less than the cost of one outfit. 
I'm just so thrilled to bring this resource to you guys. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. So again, get free unlimited clothes for a month at MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com for all of the clothes, none of the waste. And definitely share your pictures and tag me on Instagram because I want to see all the fabulous things that you guys are wearing. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumers, from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond, rigorously screening every Every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean, and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed. But with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 83 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Jen Stevens. Hi, everybody. And this is a very special day for you, Jen. <laughs> it is. It is such a special day. Everybody knows we record these a couple of weeks ahead of time from before they, they actually um, air. And today is the day that 
intermittent fasting stories has officially hit the airwaves. So it's very exciting. Episode one is live. And by the time this podcast comes out, um, there'll be a couple of other episodes out too. So every Thursday, you'll get a new um, intermittent fasting story. And I'm so excited. Everybody who likes the intermittent fasting podcast, I would encourage you to go to iTunes or your favorite podcast app and subscribe to intermittent fasting stories. That way you'll get it every Thursday. And every week, I'm going to feature a different intermittent faster. And so that you don't have to brag about it, I will brag about it for you. It's top. It's in the top five right now for iTunes yeah, Health. Uh, a minute ago, it was number four, <laughs> which that is, is so amazing. exciting. I know in the health category. I mean, it's right up there with, you know, with top podcast. I mean, number four. It's very exciting. Um, you know, cro- fingers crossed. I'd like to see it get to number one today, which it, it may do because it's still early enough in the day that I know people um haven't gotten off work yet. So maybe some more people will subscribe today and. Fingers crossed. That would be that'd be really exciting. I mean, it, it's already really exciting. It so. is. Yeah. So far, my son, he's um, the one that does the, the apps. I sent him a, a, a photo of how it was ranked yesterday, and this is before episode one came out. It was like, I don't know, 28 or something, just based on episode zero, which was the trailer. And he's like, oh, that's pretty good. That's exciting. And then today I sent him, it, when I woke up, it was, I don't know, 12 or something. He said, almost top 10. Like, wait a minute, come on. <laughs> then I, it was at six for a while, and I sent him that, and he said, You've almost reached number five. <laughs> so when it was four, he said, Not long till number one. I'm like, Come on now. Can't you just be like, Yay, it's number four? <laughs> well, once you hit number one, I'm trying to think what would be after that. Almost. Well, it's number one in health. Too bad it's oh, not yeah. number one in all, <laughs> in all of my <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Anyway. Wow, that's amazing. Well, congratulations. Thank you. And it's been well-received. I think people are really going to enjoy connecting with with other intermittent fasters and hearing their story. So it's powerful. So I'd encourage all of y'all to check it out. Intermittent fasting stories. Find it today. <laughs> so, so for listeners, if you go, well, you can get that directly in iTunes. We'll also put a link to it in the show notes, which will be at ifpodcast.com slash episode 83. And intermittentfastingstories.com. Oh, right. <laughs> There's a website too. The, um, the show notes are on there as well. So for, so for the new intermittentfastingstories.com. There you go. I'll have to check out the website too, because every time I was checking it, it wasn't up yet. Right. It wasn't ready. The, um, that was like the last piece of the puzzle to be ready, actually. The, the website team was working on that. Even today, they didn't have the show notes up yet. So hopefully they're there now. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, you know, this is the, the first thing that I've, it's been totally out of my hands because I, I found a company to do it for me. So I didn't have to learn how to edit audio, which I've said before, you do all the audio editing for us. And I now appreciate that so much more than I ever did. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you once again. You're welcome. <laughs> Hi, friends. Now, if you're anything like me, you love biohacking, intermittent fasting, and getting feedback and data on what our bodies are doing. Now, when we do intermittent fasting or extended or prolonged fasting, it's hard to get feedback sometimes on how our bodies are doing in terms of fat burning and ketosis. This is one of the reasons that I created the Tone Device, which is a breath ketone analyzer. It can tell you the rate of fat burning your body is in by detecting the ketones on your breath. 
If you practice intermittent fasting, time-restricted eating, do an occasional 24-hour fast like once a week, or prolonged or extended fasting, it's likely your body is getting into light ketosis. If you are doing keto or low-carb, even sometimes paleo, you may be getting into a deeper state of fat burning and ketosis. If you do a high-carb diet, then you probably get into a light state of ketosis after some fasting. What I love about the tone is that you can simply breathe into it for about four to five seconds and it will give you instant feedback on the rate of fat burning that your body is at. Now, when we are in ketosis, our bodies are at their highest rate of fat burning, which is what is so neat. We actually breathe out our fat. So the carbons that we are measuring with the tone device are actually coming from our fat. When we practice different approaches like intermittent fasting or doing time-restricted eating, lower-carb diets or keto approaches, our bodies actually make a metabolic switch where fat becomes our primary fuel. And the body takes fat and converts it into ketones in the liver. About 15 to 20% of those circulating ketones are then diffused through our lungs, out in our breath. And it is so amazing. I absolutely love using the tone every single day. I love the biofeedback, especially when I am doing any kind of fasting. And I can see my body gradually get into a deeper and deeper state of fat burning through those ketone levels going higher and higher. Now, one of the reasons I created the tone is because testing blood ketones is cost prohibitive. The test strips are extremely expensive. They are wasteful. You no longer have to buy test strips anymore. You can just breathe into the tone device for four to five seconds and get that instant feedback. It's a one-time investment and you'll be able to test an unlimited amount of times. Now, I always recommend testing with the tone device fasted first thing in the morning and testing up until you have your first meal of the day and you will be able to see different Differences there, especially if you do a longer fast, you'll see the ketones go higher and higher, and it really is so great to get that biofeedback. Now, for the past year and a half, I've been working on a brand new version of the tone, the second generation tone device, and I am so excited for it to soon be available to you all. I wanted to create a special launch discount for the tone device so that any of you who are interested can take advantage of that discount. I I've never discounted the tone device before, but if you are signed up to the exclusive VIP list, you will receive that launch discount. To sign up for the list, you can go to tonedevice.com and enter your name and email address, and you will receive an email which you can confirm to double opt in, and you'll be the first to know when the new second generation tone device is available to order, and you will also receive that exclusive launch discount. I am so so excited for you all to try it. So be sure to go and sign up at tonedevice.com. All right, now back to our show. All right, shall we get into the questions for today? Sure, let's get started. We have some feedback that I'm going to read first, and this is from John. And the subject is suggestion. And John says, Hi, Jen and Melanie. Thank you so much for your podcast. I've been listening since episode one and truly appreciate the research you both do for us. I am specifically trying to help a fellow listener regarding a recent question she had on how to handle breakfast on weekends. I have been on intermittent fasting for 15 months, and I also struggled for quite a while on how to handle weekends, since some of my favorite things to do are to make pancakes for my wife and kids, 
or go out to breakfast with them. My wife is a much better cook overall than I am, but I have become the breakfast guy over the years in my family. It took some trial and error, but here's a method that really works for me. The numbers I discuss can be adjusted depending on someone's overall goal for their desired average eating window. My goal is to average a four to five hour window throughout the week or 28 to 35 hours of total eating window over seven days. To allow flexibility for weekends, I have a three-hour window from 5 to 8 p.m. on weekdays. This is normally very easy to do because I am so busy at work. With five days of three-hour windows, that totals 15 hours for the week heading into Saturday. That leaves 13 hours to spread out over Saturday and Sunday if I want to stick to a four-hour average. Even if I have an occasional weekend that I do not fast at all, for example, eating over 10-hour windows on both Saturday and Sunday, that still only totals 35 hours for the week or 5 hours per day. The key is to be consistent with having a shorter window on the weekdays. I find that on the rare occasions that I do not fast at all on the weekend, I really look forward to the shorter window during the week. That wasn't the case at first, but certainly has been since I switched to this method about 6 months ago. Anyway, this has been terrific for me and my family, and I hope this can help some of your other listeners. Thank you so much for that suggestion, John. Um, it's kind of funny. I really like getting listeners' feedbacks about the different windows and the different things they do, mostly because I, I'm so lax now about how I do intermittent fasting. Like I just eat at night and I don't really think about it. So when people write in with all these questions about specific windows and want suggestions. I'm, I'm sort of helpless, like, because <laughs> I don't really have, I don't really like think about the window anymore. So I really like hearing, you know, all the different windows that work for people and the different things that people try. And I'm sure you see in the group, people probably discuss a lot. Well, I have a really funny story that is just about this exact thing. And people who have been with me for a long, long time, like people who were before I even had I think I had one Facebook group. It was the one meal a day group. And I was in Dr. Burt Hearing's Fast Five group and in some other intermittent fasting groups that were small. Back in, I guess it was 2016, probably early 2016, people that have been around me for that long will probably remember my 30 hours a week plan that I was trying. This is so funny. I did the exact same thing that John just outlined here. Oh, really? Uh-huh. I, I even had an app that I bought or I, that I ended up with. It was like an app where you could mark things off. And so I gave myself 30 hours a week, and that was my eating window budget for the whole week. And I did the exact same thing that John is talking about, but I gave myself 30 hours. So shorter weekend or shorter hours during the week led me to have longer um, windows on the weekend. Isn't that so funny? I went through this exact same phase, but the my magic number was 30. I was calling it the 30 hours a week plan. <laughs> I remember you mentioning that briefly. Really? Okay. Or maybe is it in your book? No, it's not okay. in the book. Mm-mm. Not by name. I think I talked about it briefly. I called it quote free weekends, which is really what that ended up being for me because I was like the queen of having one hour windows during the week so I could have the, you know, the longer weekend windows. That's, that's what I was trying. Isn't that funny? But I mean, it seems like a natural thing. You know, you budget it and I can see some metabolic benefits as well because, you know, people worry that if you do the exact same thing day in, day out, your body can adjust and you can then plateau. At, at a higher weight than maybe you wanted to. So shaking it up for a while can help. So shaking it up like that on the weekends, it's a great strategy. 
Great minds, John. Great minds. <laughs> that that also reminds me of something. I, I messaged you about this, but um, just speaking of intermittent fasting, I so yesterday I went and saw a new doctor for the mercury chelation that I've been talking about on the mm-hmm. podcast to get the heavy metals <laughs> out of me, and um, I I wasn't even mentioning diet or anything like that. I didn't want to even go there because sometimes people kind of freak out, but it was so funny because he randomly said, he was like, you know, you might benefit from something called fasting. And, I, <laughs> and he did not know anything about you and your No, background. he didn't know, he didn't know anything. And I was like I was like I was like this is so wonderful to hear. Thank you. And then um <laughs> and then I and then I I responded. I said, it's nice to hear you say that because a lot of people say I shouldn't be doing fasting because I'm not overweight or um anything like that. And he was like, well, you could also probably benefit from something called the fasting mimicking diet. And, and I was like, I was like, I actually have a podcast about intermittent fasting and we had Walter Longo on our podcast. Um, so yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's, it's getting out there. What did he say when you told him that? Um, he, I'm trying to remember. I think, I think he was, I mean, he just laughed and he was like, so he said something about it being like a, a small world or something right. about how I, he, he was very familiar with the concept. Right. So he kind of seems like, Oh, like I'm one of the team. Yeah. It's like, the, it's like those of us who know about it. We all That's we true. know about it. Yeah. It's like a club, the people who know about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I probably should have anticipated that because when I walked in the waiting room, um, Dr. Walter Longo's book, the longevity diet that we right. talked about on our podcast was in the, like on the table. Oh, <laughs> getting out there. It's it really there. is. I teach online for a for a university in their um early childhood education program. Even though I retired from elementary teaching, I still do this, you know, very much part-time, but a new class just started this week and I think there are it's a very small class. There are like six people. They're getting their graduate degrees in early childhood education and out of the six people, because I'm, you know, I have a little bio that introduces me, out of the six people, one of them does intermittent fasting herself and another one has a sister that's doing it. I'm like, hooray. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that was pretty exciting. Two out of six. One out of three. There you go. (laughs) At least in this community. All right. Shall we jump into the actual questions for today? Yes. Let's get started with those. Okay. So our first question comes from Katie and the subject is parsley in the morning. And Katie says, first, I want to thank you. Basically, my life fell apart after several deaths in the family, a terrible breakup, severe financial difficulties, and being forced to go part-time at work. For three years, I didn't care about my health because I honestly didn't care what happened to me. I turned a corner a few months ago and finally started caring whether I lived or died, but was at odds about what to do about my weight. I had lost 70 pounds in the past and kept it off for 10 years until my life started to fall apart. But at that time, I was in my 20s was working out incessantly, eating almost nothing, and going dancing a few times a week, and I still wasn't fully satisfied with how I looked. I figured at 37, there was no hope. Even if there was hope, I simply refused to live my life so miserably again. Yes, I looked better, and my body felt better, but my mind was an absolute minefield. I obsessed over everything I ate, how much cardio I did, how many hours of exercise I did. I compulsively weighed myself multiple times a day, skipping meals and abusing supplements if the scale budged in an unfavorable way. Remembering all this made me feel defeated, like I had to choose either a healthy mind or a healthy body. I am 37, 5 feet 2 inches, and about 210 pounds last time I went to the doctor. I need to lose weight because for years my doctor has been on my case about losing weight and lowering lowering my cholesterol and blood pressure. 
She's recently resorted to threatening me with statins and blood pressure medication because she knows how much I hate pills. I'm also trying to launch my acting career, which is what I've always wanted to do, and we all know how well short, fat, middle-aged women do in this business. I'm just going to stop right there for a second. Um, Katie, there is, you, you can do it. <laughs> as far as the acting goes, there's, there's roles for everybody. And even if your weight changes, um, you know, I, there's always roles for, for every type and yeah, I'm just going to put that in there. Okay. She said, yet I had never made much of an effort to lose weight because I knew the strain on my mental health and the ridiculous amount of exercise and food denial it would entail. A dear friend whose story is not terribly dissimilar from mine introduced me to your podcast after she saw success on intermittent fasting. This has given me newfound hope that I may be able to have a healthy mind and body without so much denial and self-punishment. Dieting is the literal worst. So thank you for giving me that. I'm on week three, no doctor visits yet, and I don't know what I've lost because for reasons stated above, I don't have a scale, but my clothes are definitely looser and I've noticed the anti-inflammatory benefits too. My sinuses don't run quite as badly as they used to, and a hip injury I've been fighting for months has improved dramatically. I could barely walk uphill without pain. Now I only have pain if I knowingly overdo it. I know I'm already progressing well, but I do have a question. So there's a question in here. (laughs) She says, I just listened to your episode with Ori Hoffmeckler, and I remember him talking about chewing greens in the morning, but he didn't say this breaks the fast. Then I remember Melanie saying she does the same thing with parsley, which I also love. I I also remember Jen resisting the idea because she believes in a clean fast. In order, to, in order to maintain a clean fast, wouldn't you have to chew the greens, then spit them out? Or are they so low in calories, it doesn't matter if you actually eat them? I would love to have some parsley first thing in the morning and throughout the fast, since I often need to freshen my breath due to sinus issues. But gum and mints are off limits since they have calories and sugar, and the ones that don't have sugar have artificial sweeteners, which are another no-no. I'm hesitant to change the fasting cycle, considering my success so far, but I also don't want people to be able to smell my breath before they even hear my voice. What should I do? Thank you for your insights, Katie. So that was a very long email, but I thought that was, first of all, just to start a really um, motivating story, you know, because Katie's been through so much and it's really wonderful to hear that intermittent fasting is really working for her and and it's really wonderful also to hear about her getting out of the restrictive mindset and just, you know, finally saying no to all that and embracing the idea of finding a lifestyle that really works for her. So thank you, Katie, for being so open and honest with all that. I know listeners will find that really motivating. Um, as for her question about the parsley, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I want to echo what you just said about that. That that stands out to me. And a lot of us who have battled our weight for years and years and years can totally relate to what what she's saying there. And you know, this is what I'm noticing on intermittent fasting stories. The one theme that that comes through, I've, I've recorded eight episodes so far, and the one theme that comes through is freedom. You know, we, we've got freedom finally from the years of, of feeling like we had to be on a restrictive diet. And Katie talked about how she could either have a healthy mind or a healthy body. And the good news is, Katie, with intermittent fasting, you can have both because for the first time, you're not going to have your thoughts revolving around food all day because you're fasting. Now, let's let's talk about the definition of a fast. Fasting is the opposite of eating. So you talked about, um, you know, you one quote in your your question, or are they so low in calories it doesn't matter if you actually eat them? See, eating is not fasting. So 
I'm going to say, no, don't eat the greens. Don't chew the greens and spit them out because it really is a time during the day where you give your body a chance to rest. Now, a lot of us do struggle with the idea of keeping our breath fresh. No, I would not recommend chewing parsley for that. Um, Parsley is food. And... (sighs) It's tricky because for me, when I, I feel like I have to be close to somebody and my breath may not be the best, you know, coffee breath isn't the best in the world. We know that. Sometimes I'll brush my teeth. You can brush your teeth with just baking soda or just water if you don't want to have um, anything other than that. But one thing that is in the gray area that we talk about sometimes that works for some people but not for others is essential oil, peppermint essential oil. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, like all essential oils are going to be perfect because some of them are sweet. Like, for example, orange-flavored essential oil. That's Your body's going to be like, yay, we're having oranges now, and it's going to release some insulin, most likely. But peppermint seems to be a flavor that not everybody has a problem with. So you can try some peppermint essential oil. Um, Make sure you get some that's food grade, food quality. I have found something called Wow Drops that works really well for me and just a a drop on the tongue. Now, I don't use it all the time. I don't use it like every 30 minutes during the day. I don't put it in water to flavor water because we're not trying to have, you know, a flavorful fast. I only use the Wow Drops. Like if I'm home by myself and my breath is funky, I don't even care. That's fine. My breath can just be gross. But if I have to go be with people, that's when I may use just a little bit of wow drops on my tongue right before I have to talk to them. You know, back when I was teaching, I perfected the leaning over a student and not breathing out in their face. <laughs> that's another strategy that worked really well. Nobody ever said, oh my gosh, your breath is bad. And, you know, kids will tell you. So I think it was working pretty well. Um, unless you're really up close and you're a close talker, you know, your breath is not going to be something that that people are noticing. So I'm not going to suggest chewing the parsley or having some greens because we want we want to um keep the fast as flavor free as possible and even with the the wow drops which just have the peppermint oil and the chlorophyll I I don't suggest you know going nuts with them and or putting them in your water because we're not trying to have something delicious. You know, we want the fast to be to be boring. All right, what do you say, Melanie? I mean, boring as far as taste goes, you know, not boring like ho-hum boring, but (laughs) for our taste buds, boring. Yeah, so if you go to ifpodcast.com slash stuff we like, we actually have a link there to how you can make your own little fun breast spray. It uses, um, I have a link to some food-grade essential oil, peppermint essential oil, and then these adorable rainbow glass bottles that I'm obsessed with that I actually... I went through my whole, cause it comes with like, like a lot of them in the order. Um, and they're not expensive. I actually just reordered and it came in like yesterday because I use those bottles for so many things. But, um, Jen, did you ever make the breath spray? I did. I made it for a while, but then I found that it was more convenient to buy the wow drops and easier for me to, to carry around in my purse. So I just buy them. Pre-made. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So for listeners, if you go to iofpodcast.com slash stuff we like, you can check out that link there and you can make your own. Um, I actually started experimenting and making some breath spray with lemon oil, essential oil actually. And that works well as well. I think the citrusy flavor oils work well. And then the peppermint works. Yeah. Well. Some of the citrusy are more likely to be a problem for people than, than the peppermint. But I mean, some people, some people cannot use the peppermint oil during the fast. And, and here's what I suggest. I have a blog post about this. You know, can I have blank while fasting? 
I really recommend that you wait until you're fat adapted and that your body is used to the fast before you start experimenting with any of this, you know, like chewing parsley or chewing, which I wouldn't recommend anyway, but trying the peppermint oil or, or any of these things that you're not certain about. Because once you know how the clean fast feels, you have to get fat adapted first. You know, your first three weeks may not even be enough. Maybe you need six weeks. Then try experimenting. You will 100% know if this... um this peppermint flavor is a problem for you. So you find that peppermint makes some people hungry? Yes. I feel like it just completely kills appetite. See, some people try the wow drops or peppermint oil and they are starving and they know what it feels like to fast without it. And that is the key. You have to know what it feels like to fast without it. And you have to get to the point where your body is fully fat adapted and you're getting into ketosis because otherwise you're not going to know. Um, I had some coffee one time at a McDonald's and, you know, I drink black coffee every day and I don't know what this coffee was tainted with. I don't know what was in it. It was, you know, just a black coffee from McDonald's. And I am not saying that all black coffee at McDonald's is, is bad because I know that it isn't, but maybe, who knows, maybe they gave me something flavored by whatever it was. After I had this coffee, I immediately knew I, I had a problem with it, that particular cup because I got shaky like you would have after having a blood sugar crash. So it was like the middle of the day and I could feel my blood sugar go crash and I had to eat. So once you know what the clean fast feels like, you will know if you ever accidentally have something that causes you a problem. And then I will say just a few more things. So I was experimenting with chewing Parsley during the fast. And for listeners, we so Ori Hoffmeckler, we had him on the podcast. He is the founder of the the Warrior Diet, which was actually one of the first popular manifestations of intermittent fasting in like the social world. Um, That was a great interview. I was actually thinking about that yesterday. I'd love to have him back on, Jen. He was very interesting. I liked him a lot. And I feel like we could go into a lot of topics. I'd actually would really like to have him on to talk about like female issues specifically because he... Because he actually has, like, one of his books is is all about, like, estrogen and um, women almost. So I think he could talk a lot about fasting and women. We should should think about that. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) But in any case, he does advocate, especially now, um, a sort of fasting period where he... He calls it the under-eating phase. Yeah. And so he'll talk about you know, munching on like parsley, or he talks about foods that are fasting mimetics that we've talked about a lot on our, on our podcast. And these are foods that people argue stimulate similar longevity type effects and similar um, genetic changes to fasting, but it's not actually fasting. Just to clarify, that is not intermittent fasting the way like Jen and I practice it. It's not the way we typically, you know, prescribe it. It's not the way that, um, we advocate most listeners do it, but it, it is a manifestation in the the fasting world of, you know, a, a way people do things. I actually don't, I did experiment with chewing the parsley during the fast, especially after um, reading his book and talking with him, but I don't do that anymore. Mostly because I find that just the act of chewing is almost more of a problem than even if there's like calories and parsley or anything like that. It feels like you're eating, you know, it gets you into like that, that mode. And I find that kind of k- kicks me out mentally and it probably stimulates, you know, I imagine it would stimulate, you know, digestive secretions and things like that. I really don't recommend it for fasting, but I do have some other suggestions, Katie. I don't know what you're eating specifically, but you may find that changing what you're eating in your eating window can actually change your breath the next day, um, just depending on how 
maybe if you have, you know, any, if you have any gut issues or anything like that, oftentimes the breath is a reflection of things that are happening in the gut based on what you've eaten. So that could be something to look at. You can also find that having chlorophyll, not in your fasting window, but with your food can really help. And also having parsley with your, with your food actually can have downstream effects or maybe opening your window with parsley and maybe closing your window with parsley, maybe just dousing things in parsley. But, um, you might find that, you know, adjusting your food choices and having lots of parsley there and chlorophyll and things like that might help things. Also, I found this mouthwash and I have a link to it on ifpodcast.com slash stuff we like, but it's uncle Harry's miracle mouthwash. It's ridiculously potent. Um, but it, it's all natural and it's full of things that can wipe out nasty bacteria hanging around in your mouth and um, can alkalize your mouth. And you might find that honestly, using it consistently for a few weeks, you might actually lose your, your, your bad breath problem. It's been working amazing for me. So I, I will put a link to that on iHavePodcast.com slash episode 83. And like I said, it's also at iHavePodcast.com slash stuff we like. Oh, I have something to share with that. That's the toothpaste that's in that little tub, that little jar, right? Well, what I was talking about was the mouthwash, but it's the same brand. I bought that toothpaste after we talked about it. I love Yay. it. I love it. Yeah, I've been using that toothpaste ever since we talked. Like I ordered it and, and it makes a huge mess because it's got like, I don't know what's in it, but it's like, it leaves little white speckles everywhere. Like so much messy. I think it has salt in it. I thought <laughs> Yeah, it's like, um, so for listeners, he also has, he has quite a few different toothpaste versions, but I, did you get the peppermint one? It's, I got the, yeah, I got the peppermint, Uncle Harry's toothpaste peppermint alkalizing. That's the one I have. And it is just, it is really good. It's okay. These are the ingredients in the toothpaste that I'm using. You're, ben, you've become me. You've become oh, well, me. Well, I like this toothpaste. I have <laughs> no, I been trying it. to find a good natural toothpaste and could not, like for years, like I couldn't. Like I, I tried and it was all yuck, but this one I like. It's got bentonite clay, calcium carbonate, colloidal silver or colloidal silver. I can't pronounce that. Colloidal silver water, sea salt, ionic minerals, mustard seed, essential oils of peppermint, eucalyptus, clove, wintergreen, and oregano. So I thought that sounded like it was going to be weird and possibly disgusting when you read those ingredients, but it's really refreshing and there is no sweetener in it. So like this is the first tooth and it's in this little tub and you just dip your toothbrush in it and he says that because it's antibacterial it's okay. Um to Yeah, do. I was going to I was going to say that like on the on the on the container it says something about how it's okay to just dip your toothbrush right. in it because it's so antibacterial. But I super duper love it. It is very messy like I said. It gets the little white specks everywhere, but um it, it is so good and I really like it and you know, I'm I'm I only use a natural product if it is going to work as well as or better than, you know, whatever. But yeah, <laughs> it's great. I love it. So the mouthwash that I was talking about, it's a very similar ingredient. It's basically that in mouthwash form, but I found it so, it it really just like gets in and like really realkalizes and really kills those bad bacteria in your mouth. And like you do it in the morning and um, the effects last like all day, all day. I'm not even making this up. Yeah, it's it's a it's very different than a traditional toothpaste as far as like the taste. And at first, at first, I thought it was going to be really gross, like I said. And it wasn't gross the first time, but it was a little different. But now I like really love it. And I tried to go back to a regular one just we were when we were out of town. I used my husband's toothpaste. Oh my god, it was awful. 
So, <laughs> I'm I'm a believer in this toothpaste. So Uncle Harry's made a fan, and we need Uncle Harry to sponsor our podcast. Now. I know. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm going to send an email to Uncle Harry. After Uncle this. Harry, you can Be sponsor like, our podcast. We just talked about your about your toothpaste for like <laughs> two episodes for free because. <laughs> They are not a sponsor of our podcast, but really, it is good stuff. And I'm glad I've tried it because so many of the things I've tried, like I can't do a natural deodorant no matter how hard I try. Jen needs real deodorant. Your life could change. (laughs) I've tried. I've tried. I've tried. It's amazing. The natural deodorant. I can't. Mm -mm. I found one I thought I liked, but then I realized it was staining my clothes. It had like a coconut oil kind of base in it. And it was making all my clothes have like greasy armpit. Look, did you ever try the one that I use? I, I don't the, remember. It's like um, it doesn't have any coconut oil in it. I don't think. My favorite. It's like it's um called Green Tidings. I think. No, I don't think I tried that one. The show note. But every one I've ever tried, the other ones all started to smell like bo when I used them. So that didn't work for me. <laughs> when the deodorant smells like bo itself, uh, that's not a good sign. And so no. <sighs> all right. Well, anyway, that was a big discussion about the toothpaste, but I'm a big fan of this toothpaste because, like I said, it has no sweetener in it. And I've, I used toothpaste with sweetener, not like every five minutes, but, you know, in the morning and then in, at night, you know, whether I was fasting or not. But this one, this Uncle Harry's, is really, really good. All right. All right. So our next question, it's kind of um, kind of along the same lines. Not really. You'll see. Jen, would you like to read it? Yes. This is from Debbie, and the subject is, who am I? I love that subject. Debbie Debbie says, Dear Melanie and Jen, I started the IF journey in July with 5-2. That's a, that's a protocol um, for listeners who, who may not follow this type of protocol where you have two what are called you know fasting days during the week and the other five days you, quote, eat normally, so you're not fasting on five days. So two fasting days a week where um, you may eat 500 calories a day or do a full fast depending on which protocol you're following. So that's what 5-2 is. And what I will say really quickly for mm-hmm. listeners, I think I only mentioned this on one podcast, but we do have an intermittent fasting dictionary now on our website. Um, so you can check that out and we have like definitions for all the things. So like 5-2 would be on there. Yeah. And if listeners have any suggestions, I wish I could like make it like a crowd. Like a wiki. You want it to yeah. be a wiki. You know, wikis, people can offer edits, but you have to approve them. I don't know how you would do that. but I wonder if there's a way. I don't know. The to-do list on all the things. <laughs> <laughs> make it into a wiki page. Okay. There you go. <laughs> All right, so I'll start again with that. I, so I started the IF journey in July with 5-2 and lost about a pound a week. Then I started listening to your podcasts and reading your books and felt I needed to switch to a clean fast to do it right. I didn't love 5-2 because, well, it's hard. I began to dread those days and figured an everyday plan would be better. Now, I want to interrupt right here for a second, Debbie, and say I felt the same way, too, about 5-2 and 4-3 and alternate daily fasting, which are similar programs. But I want to just throw in a little interjection before I read the rest of this. People who have been doing a daily eating window for a long period of time and gotten super adjusted will often throw in something like ADF or 4-3 to break a plateau, and they find that it's easier, after they've been doing a daily eating window approach for a long time, it gets easier to go to an ADF pattern. But I just thought I'd mention that. And people are having great success with that to break plateaus. All right, back to Debbie. She said, um, since July, I have done every variation of intermittent fasting to see what I could live with. Bottom line, I'm not willing to give up coffee with cream in the morning. I don't open my window until 4, so caffeine would be out. 
Also, I want to eat dinner with my family. What I've come to is eating kind of like the warrior diet, which really isn't fasting, I know, but I've made great gains. I have appetite correction, great energy from not having to digest meals three times a day, and I'm losing weight. And the biggest thing is I feel like I could do this forever. I just feel like a fraud listening to your podcasts, lurking on your Facebook pages, and basically pretending like I'm one of the group. My question for you is this. Am I getting any of the benefits of intermittent fasting, even though I won't be getting the benefits of autophagy? Love the podcasts. We'll keep listening, even if you tell me I'm an imposter. All right, Melanie, what you going to say to Debbie? Big question. Hi, Debbie. So thanks so much for the question. So she did mention the warrior diet again, which like I said, that is Ori Hoffmeckler's, that was his first popular book about intermittent fasting. First of all, I think it's fine. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think, um, I think if it's working for you and you're happy, I don't, I, I, I mean, I think it might, you, it might be, you might be happier and potentially it could work better for you if you did try a straight up clean fast and bite the bullet and wait it out and make the adjustments and maybe that would work better for you. If you're honestly going to do the approach that you that you outlined to us, which is basically coffee with cream in your coffee, and then I'm guessing you open your window at four and you have dinner with your family. So I'm guessing she's eating like four to I mean, I don't know, like four to maybe seven or eight. Is that what you're thinking, Jen? Well that sounds like what she thinks she's eating. Yes. Um, Food. Solid food. Yes. Yes. I mean, if that's working for you, you're losing weight, you're happy, you're happy with your family, you're happy with everything. I'd rather you do that and be happy with it than do that and having a negative mindset about it or having fears about it. I think ultimately, whatever anybody does, they should really believe in it, which um, I'm going to go on a quick tangent. I just finished you know, biology of belief. Yeah. Yeah. Bruce Lipton. It, it actually, I didn't actually finish biology of belief because the audio, he doesn't have an audiobook for biology of belief, but he has an audiobook for one called wisdom, the wisdom in your cells or of your cells. One of those, I think it's the same thing. It's just basically an abridged version, okay. but he narrates it. Okay. Um, I just finished it. Some of the takeaways in it were so fascinating. I know. Like, can I, can I, some of the, th- so I'm just going to tell listeners some of the things he talked about that were like mind blown moments for me. What was he a, a cell a biologist. Yeah, he at, taught at medical schools. He did um, biological like like research in the biology departments and was a, a tenured faculty member. Yeah, so he basically had this huge epiphany moment where he realized that cells are not controlled completely by, you know, genetics or themselves. They're very very much influenced by by the environment, which is basically the idea of epigenetics. Right. Um but it even goes down to our, our literal minds and our perceptions of everything and how that literally affects ourselves, like literally. So not like maybe affects them, but like it like very much affects them. Um, and some of the take, some of the things he said at the end were just so fascinating. Like, I don't know if you remember this, Jim, but he said like, he said, for example, um, like he thinks one of the reasons people get sick and then they get better after they see a doctor is not, has nothing to do with, anything the doctor did for them. It's just that we, he said that all of our beliefs that we have until age six in our brain are what determine our subconscious quote programming for 
how our how we interpret the world and how that affects our cells and our biologies. So he said that before the age of six, whatever we're taught is what determines that subconscious programming. And we're taught growing up that if you're sick, you go to the doctor, you get better. Right. So he was saying the the reason people probably get better after they see the doctor is not because of anything the doctor did. It's because they went to the doctor, they fulfilled that loop, and then their body is like, okay, I'm better now. And he was saying something that I thought about before. Doctors rarely ever catch any of the sicknesses of their patients. I used to think about that all the time. I was like, how come they never get sick? And he was saying that it's because, you know, they've decided in their mind they're not getting sick. And so their immune system is not, you know, reacting. And he was saying also like with the immune system that pretty much everybody has all these pathogens and bacteria and and things that could potentially be a problem. It's just a matter of how the immune system interprets it and how it reacts. So tangent, the reason I'm bringing it up is because um, the belief system I'm realizing more and more is so, so huge. So like, so I can lay out what I think would be the quote, perfect form of intermittent fasting, which would be a clean fast, you know, black coffee only, no cream, things like that. For me, like a clean eating window with like paleo type whole foods, like that for me is what I think would be best. But honestly, in the end, I think what's best for each individual, A, is finding what works for them individually, but also them believing what they're doing is best for them. And the reason I'm talking about it so much is because this question is so much about mindset. Like, you know, the subject is, who am I? And then she's saying, am I an imposter? So Debbie, I think I, I really want you to find what works for you. And I want, and if you're losing weight and you're happy, I think it's fine. As far as like, will you be getting the benefits of, of intermittent fasting? You say, will I not get autophagy? I could even argue it's quite possible that you're still getting autophagy. Autophagy is the, um, the process where our body breaks down old proteins for use and kind of like cleans out our body cells and everything, breaking down old digestive proteins and things like that. So we know that coffee actually stimulates autophagy and fasting stimulates autophagy. Uh, We know that proteins shut off autophagy. It is quite possible that if you're just having some cream in your coffee that, you know, not taking in any proteins, it's quite possible that you're still having, you know, autophagy during your fast window. Yeah, you could still be possibly getting all the benefits. So I think I would encourage you to try black coffee you know, see if you can do it. It can seem like really hard to to cut it out and that you wouldn't be able to, but actually most people can once they try something new. And like I talked about before, our brains really get used to like habits and patterns that we do. And once we change them, it can like new habits and patterns. So if it's something you want to try, I really, really encourage you to try it without the cream. But um, I don't want you walking around feeling like an imposter or judging yourself or anything like that. So that's my answer. As long. What are your thoughts, Jen? Well, I have a completely different 180 on that. And I think we fool ourselves a lot with the phrase, if it works for me, I'm going to just do it this way. And and I, I did that myself with using stevia in my coffee for all that time. You know, I thought it worked for me until I stopped doing it and realized that it really actually did not work for me. I just thought it did. And so, um, Debbie, you have been losing weight with fasting since July. That is really a very short period of time from July until now. So it may give you the appearance that it's working for you right now, but let's think about the difference between actually fasting and a low-calorie diet. You know, we've all done low-calorie diets in the past where over time we find that, you know, at first we start a low-calorie diet. We're having low calories. We lose weight. It works at first, then over time, our bodies stop responding to the low-calorie diet. We have to lower our calories more, and we stop losing weight, and we plateau, and then we have weight regain. 
So we've all been down that path before. So I genuinely 100% believe that if you're having coffee with cream all during the period of time that you you would like to be fasting, you're having a low-calorie diet. Now, do some people occasionally do a low-calorie diet and then manage to, through sheer willpower, keep the weight off? Yes, of course they do. But it is not the same as intermittent fasting, where you find that it gets easier and easier over time, and and it is just that freedom of 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 intermittent fasting. I, I do think that there's going to come a time that you're going to find it is not working for you, and it might not be for a while. But I have just, you know, I can we can talk about theories all day long. What I have is the experience of all the people in the Facebook groups. You know, we've got over a hundred and thousand, a hundred and thirty thousand members that share their stories, and one thing we hear over and over and over again is from people who stubbornly held on to something like cream because they thought they needed it. Then they finally eliminate it. And then it is like, they call it like before and after. They can't believe the difference. So coffee is probably the number one sticking point for most people. And they think they cannot drink it black or they think that they they have to even have coffee. You know, you don't have to have coffee. I know you talked about you had to have coffee. You really don't. You could do without coffee if you could not drink it black. You know, you you could do without it. But what we find some people do is they say, well, I can't drink it without cream. So then they'll give it up. And they'll give it up for maybe a week or so. Then they realize they miss it and they'll add it back. And suddenly, now that they've broken that that chain of having it with the with the cream, now all of a sudden they find they can tolerate it black. So I would really encourage you. I'm I'm never going to say please do what works for you if it's having cream in your coffee with that because I don't believe that's fasting. And I don't believe you're getting the benefits. And so I'm never going to say if it's working for you, then just keep doing that because I think it's causing you a problem down the road that you don't know is coming. And why do I think that? Because of everything I've learned about how um, about the metabolic benefits of actual fasting versus what happens with a low calorie diet, so I'm sorry, Debbie. I'm not going to say if it's working for you, then then stick with it. But I am going to say I'm going to pull in some biology of belief here and say you know, the mindset: tell yourself you can drink black coffee. You can get rid of the cream. You can do that. There are even people who who don't want to, like you, don't want to have the, the coffee without cream, and they'll switch to a morning window. Of course, you said that you also want to eat dinner with your family. So this is just one of those things you just have to put on your big girl pants, and I don't know if you hate that phrase or not. Some people love it. Some people hate it. But you just have to say, I want to fast, so I am going to fast, and just make that commitment. And don't let cream in your coffee be the thing that's keeping you from actually fasting. I believe you can do it. And if I didn't think it mattered, I would not insist. I promise you, if I thought it was okay to have cream in your coffee, I would be having it. I would be having stevia still. I would be doing all of that. It wasn't until I really learned about what was happening during fasting that I realized, oh, I don't want that. I want to really be fasting. So, you know, I wouldn't say, oh, I don't care if I'm having autophagy or maybe I could have it anyway. There are other benefits besides just, you know, whether your body is having increased autophagy. I think you're going to be amazed if you can kick this habit. And I'm rooting for you. And I would love to have a follow-up 
question from you one day where you say, you know what, I did it. I gave up the cream and I can't believe you were right. Yes, it's made all the difference in the world. So that's what I'm rooting for, Debbie. I guess I, I just find it hard to, because like we've, I said, we've had like Dr. Walter Longo on the podcast before, which I know has sparked some controversy um, in the intermittent fasting world because he does have his fasting mimicking diet, which is basically consuming a, a low calorie type diet based on foods and macronutrients and calorie contents that he believes from his work creates the same. But he's... He's not saying to do that long term. You've got to think about the the idea of your metabolism slowing down over time from the low calorie diet. Well, we don't know. We don't know what she's eating, so we don't know that she's following a low calorie diet. But she's low cal- she's not fasting during the day. She's having this this cream. So she's not getting the benefit of the the fasted state. Like he he talks about the fasting mimicking diet as giving some of the same benefits of fasting, but there's nobody doing it long term, so we don't know if that fasting mimicking diet is going to slow your metabolic rate over time. It's like a periodic thing that you come back to. You don't just do the fasting mimicking diet until you've lost all of your weight. You do it, you cycle on and off of it. I mean, we could talk we could talk about this for a long time and we don't even we don't know. So but what if for Debbie I mean, what if like the coffee with the cream is not spiking her insulin or anything? I mean, it's, 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 cream is food. It's not fasting. Food is not fasting. I am never going to believe that food is fasting. Okay. He doesn't even call it, he calls it the fasting mimicking diet. It's mimicking fasting. It's not fasting. He doesn't claim that the fasting mimicking diet is fasting. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to claim that what Debbie is doing is intermittent fasting. I just don't want her to have, if that is her choice, if that's what she chooses to do, I don't want her. I want her to be cautious. I want her to think that there could be a, that, that it could be causing her body to have a slowed metabolic rate because it's just like a low calorie diet in the body. That's what I want her to, to think about. And I've just never heard anybody who said, you know what? I tried. I gave up cream for a long time. Then I added it back and I felt great when I added it back. No, people are like, oh, it was better without it. Once they finally get to that point, they that realize. That is true. I, I mean, I do. I encourage Debbie, definitely try it and report back. <laughs> I'm sorry. Jen is never going to say yes. Jen is never going to say yes. <laughs> I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to get you to say yes. I just think it's a really complicated topic and... um I just, at the end, because I agree with you as far as I think it'd be, I I think what she's doing is not intermittent fasting the way we talk about it. I think she would definitely benefit from black coffee. But if for, for some reason she chooses to stay on this lifestyle, but she's doing right now, I don't want her to have the, like, I don't want her to have unnecessary negative thoughts about it. And I would like her to have so. positive thoughts about the fact that she can drink black coffee. This is true. It's always good to focus on what you can have, not what you can't have. So, yeah, you can do it. You can do it, Debbie. I know you can. We have one more quick question. Um, this one kind of just ties into everything as well. Um, question is from Lori, and the subject is infused water. Lori says, hi, I just started binge listening to your podcast and love it. You may have already touched on this subject, but is infused water okay during fasting? I put a combination of strawberries, lemon, and mint, or lime, cucumbers, and mint, or orange slices with mint. 
She likes mint. <laughs> and a Yeti insulated tumbler, and I drink it all day and night. Is this okay? Thanks for all this wonderful information. All right, so infused water. I'm actually really, really curious, Jen, what your thoughts are on this. I, I can't believe you would be curious because I would think you would know. I'm going to say no. <laughs> Just like I said before, I wouldn't put mint in water and drink that all day long because it's stimulating flavor all the time. I don't think we want to do that. I think that's the opposite of what we want to do. And, you know, even though mint and lemon might possibly be in the gray area as a flavor, strawberries definitely are not. They're, they're a more sweet kind of a fruit. Um, Personally, I wouldn't do any of that. I would just stick with plain water because you do not want your body to think you're having strawberries or lemon or or food. So my advice would be just have plain water. You can do it just like with, you know, the coffee question from before. You want to stick with the plain flavors of just plain water. So no, I wouldn't risk it because um, we want to have the benefits of the clean fast and you don't want to risk spiking your insulin with all that deliciousness. If your water is so delicious flavored, that's that's a clue right there that you don't want to have it. I agree. Yay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do. I think you said it's great. Okay. I agree. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, so a few things for listeners before we go. So if you go to iTunes, you can subscribe to our podcast. Um, speaking of podcasts and subscriptions, so you can subscribe to our podcast. You can subscribe to Jen's new podcast, Intermittent Fasting Stories. And um, if you do subscribe, then you basically get the downloads. You get the episodes downloaded automatically each and every week. You won't even have to do anything. So definitely, definitely do that. You can also go to our podcast, ifpodcast.com. And if you'd like to submit questions to get them on the podcast, you can do that at that website, or you can just directly email us at questions at ifpodcast.com. And then a few other things. If you'd like to help support this podcast and make it possible, you can go to patreon.com slash ifpodcast. And we have a few different fun incentives there. Um, things like getting your question automatically on the podcast, which we get hundreds and hundreds of questions. So if you want to guarantee getting yours on, um, there's things like that. And there's a few other fun little incenti- incentives there. You can also follow us on Instagram. We do a lot of fun giveaways and things like that on Instagram. So follow us there. We are IF Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter. We are the IF Pod. And um, yeah, anything that we talked about that we liked, you can go to ifpodcast.com slash stuff we like. So yeah, lots of lots of stuff. Anything else from you, Jen, before we go today? No, I think that was it. Just check out the new podcast if you haven't already, Intermittent Fasting Stories. I think you're really going to be inspired by these stories. I know I have been. So exciting. Happy podcast day to you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I will talk to you next week. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember, the opinions we discussed on this show do not constitute medical advice. We're not doctors. Check out ifpodcast.com for more information on us. Theme music was composed by Leland Cox. See you next week.